Hey, Jerry. Hey, J-Rob. Do you know what time it is? Let me check. Check the watch. Oh, it's time for Jerry and J-Rob Cover It All. Well done. How you doing? I am fantastic. Listen, if I was doing any better, I'd be you. Oh, I've heard that before, but I'm not sure that's a compliment. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's okay. It's okay in my world, but uh, I don't know that you'd be better off. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, we're doing, uh, we're doing good. It's been a good week. It's yeah. been a good day. Um, baby's getting better, and uh, my wife is uh, home healing up. So Right. So your wife has had, was this, number four? Well, she's. Uh, this is the third one. Uh, she has had surgery on her eye, and she still has some holes and tears in her retina that mm. they don't quite know how they got there. She didn't suffer any kind of trauma or anything, but she does have a lot of autoimmune issues that may be contributing. So they went in and did some laser to, to close up some of the holes, but there's still some fluid, so they've got to wait a few more months to go back in and, and mm. do it again. Fun stuff. Never ending, never ending at the Always White House. something. Mm. So the baby, let's get an update on her as well. She's post surgery. How many months now? Um, I think she's four months post surgery. Uh, she's. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but she's doing well. She's uh, lively and learning and well done. Eating well. Okay. Well, good. Good. All right. Well, uh, I've had the privilege to. Inter interact with some uh, car events here lately, so that's been fun. Um, I, I got to go look at a uh, BAC Mono yesterday, which is more or less an Indy car. Oh, yeah. Just, it's a street legal Indy car that you right. can go buy. So, uh, well, I say street legal. It's not legal in the U.S., I don't think, but uh, in, in other countries it is. And that was pretty cool. It's a new racetrack that's opening up uh, near Gatesville, and it's a... It's, it's a big undertaking. It's a big project. It's not just some rinky-dink backyard racetrack. Okay. It's, we're talking like just sub-coda type stuff. Oh, so wow. Very large, very We'll have to big. go check that out. It'll take probably a couple of years to build, but it's going to be pretty phenomenal. So that was that was pretty cool. But today, today's topic, I'm not sure what, what the topic name should be, but you had a message earlier that we that we heard as a congregation about about tithing and uh -oh. yeah the, the dark words the dark mm. words of tithing and what a turnoff it is for some people to hear you know the moment that a preacher says the word money yeah it's, it's um defenses go up people's hands go to their wallet ears shut off yeah and uh tempers flare it's it's touchy it is a touchy subject for sure it is touchy. Anyway, uh, you had spoke about that this morning, and it got me to thinking about things around us, current circumstances, current state of the church. So I, I'm going to speak generally or, or ask questions generally about the church. It doesn't necessarily mean Baptist church or Methodist church or any other kind of church, but it's my opinion, and I believe it's, it's validated, that a, a lot of folks don't go to church anymore. They don't want to show up. They don't want to participate. 
Um, it's not an interest of theirs. It's not a priority of theirs. And I think uh, one of the best evidences of it is recently I had made a post, actually it was a couple months back, about about a separation between people and God because they separate themselves from church. And what I meant by that is not a literal separation from God, but that it is one of the things that creeps in that starts putting a wedge in there, right? Right. And the amount of backlash. I saw that. that I do, came I do from remember that. that. I recall and that now. It was partial social experiment, partial kind of what I really believe. And the negativity that came from it uh, was interesting. People stay cordial. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, it was a discussion topic. So I appreciate that much of it. But people are adamant and feel very, very strongly that uh, church may not be important to them. So what I've found is, and it's very interesting to me, is there, there are very few people who are just kind of neutral on the subject. Most people have a very strong opinion either way, whether it's for or um, against. And a lot of it seems to stem from personal experience. You know, unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, people out there who give church... And again, I'm going to use that term just kind of loosely also. Give church a bad name, a bad rap. You know, they, uh, so you have those people out there who, who stand up and, and they are revered as a, a leader um, and they take advantage of their position and they take advantage uh, of, of people, which is what the, the church is made of. You know, when I, when I talk about church, I'm not talking about the building it's not sticks and bricks it's it's the people that make up the church and because the church is made up of people and nobody's perfect um, you get a lot of of um, hurt that comes from people whether it's intentional unintentional um, it, it should never be intentional but to, to be honest sometimes you know it is because uh, people are are people that's right um, and so, uh, over the years, and I've been I've been saved twenty years now. Been in, in, in involved in church uh, for for the last twenty years, and just in the last twenty years, I've seen a very drastic change in the church atmosphere and the importance that is placed on being a part of a church. And it, it's God's will that that His people. Those who who know him, who love him, uh, it's God's will to to be a part of a, a local New Testament Bible believing church. Um, we are we are commanded in the Bible to be a part of the church. We are given by example in the Bible that we should be a part of the church. And a church, when the church is operating the way that it sh- was designed to operate, then it's a place where people who are are hurting and lost and in need of help can come and be, be encouraged, be loved, uh, be built up, and find a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's also the church that we should be able to come together and build each other up, encourage each other, and strengthen each other to be able to continue moving and operating in the world and also accomplishing the things that, that God has placed us here to accomplish. The problem is that, that it's gotten so far from what God intended it for it to be that uh, people are turned off a lot by the prospect of going to church. 
And I, I think that uh, in the last, just the last couple of years um, with COVID, right. COVID was both a blessing and a curse. I think it was a blessing in that it forced a lot of churches to step into the technological era and begin to put their message out there in different ways and look at different ways that we can reach the world with the message of the gospel, um, which was a good thing. Uh, but the, the flip side of that is, you know, people, for whatever reason, um, stayed home. A lot of people didn't come back. That's right. And a lot of people are still not as involved as what they used to be and certainly not as involved as, as what they should be. And uh, so, so it was a, a double-edged sword there that kind of we had we've we've had to deal with. Right, right. Yeah, I think uh, prior to COVID, um, which you know we st- we joined your church prior to that point, uh, things were kind of on an uptick and, and doing reasonably well. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit, and then it was just wipeout. In fact, there's a lot of churches that had to shut their doors because they couldn't stay with it anymore, and they couldn't afford to stay with it anymore. Um, but you know, a lot of people would say, and let me just give you some some things that I have sure. read. I'm not this right. personal beliefs or anything, but some people would say, generically, that I can find God anywhere. I don't have to go to church. What would you respond to that? Well, um, so so the problem is not in the statement. The problem is in the attitude ah. of the statement. So it is true. You can find God anywhere. And you can certainly have a personal relationship with him outside of the church. Um, but the attitude that comes behind that statement is uh, one that is um, rooted in somewhat of a prideful attitude, maybe even a little bit of a rebellious attitude. Um, you know, whatever you may think about um, the church, the Bible says not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. God wants us to gather together as as a people, and there are all kinds of ways that we can do that. Um, certainly, you know, we can get together outside of a church-type setting, outside of the four walls of the church building, and uh, get together in each other's homes and do that. But but there has to be a time when God's people collectively come together for the purpose of worshiping God and being edified by God's Word. Very good. Very good. Hypothetical number two. So I go to church, or I'm, I'm reasonably thinking about going to church, but when you talk to tithes, or you talk about tithing, I don't want to give you money. Once again, this is not personal belief. <laughs> I don't want to give you money. I don't think that that applies to me now. I think that the, that's an Old Testament virtue and that we don't need that to be the case anymore. What's your response? Well, I think a lot of, again, it, it, the attitude behind it is, is found in, um, you know, the fact that so many have been taken advantage of. You know, we have a lot of these uh, ministries, so-called, that are, are having people send them money and, and promising that if you send us money, God will, will bless you, Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, God certainly blesses obedience and He blesses faithfulness, but many times these people are being taken advantage of, and they're being asked to give to the point of, you know, their own hurt. 
and then we see you know we watch the news and find out about some some preacher that robbed all the church's bank accounts and and he's living it up you know and right. and doing something that and and so it, it creates a bad taste in the mouth toward those things but for every one of those you've got a hundred other right churches out there who are doing right who are living biblically who are serving god who are suffering because of this this attitude that now has pervaded most most people's uh, uh, lives, you know, the, the tithe was instituted as a way to care for the ministers and the tabernacle. It was a, a, a way to meet the needs of the poor and the destitute. Um, if, if everyone who said they were a Christian gave to their local church the way God intended in his word, we would not have any need for a welfare system in this country. That's right. Um, the government was, was never intended to be that. The church was always intended to be that entity that helped the poor and the destitute, that fed the hungry, that, that housed the homeless, that clothed the naked, all of those things. But the church has been hindered in doing those things because of this attitude that people have um, for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they haven't been taught uh, and don't fully understand the necessity behind giving to their local church and uh and especially uh in in tithes and offerings that's a heart issue and it's a, it's a great issue of faith because it's it's easy for us to to profess faith when it doesn't doesn't cost us anything for instance i can i can pray and i can profess that i have faith that that is going to come true prayer doesn't cost me anything it costs me a little bit of time right right but when I go out and I work and I sweat and I bleed and I hurt and I lose a week's worth of time that I will never get back, and now I have something tangible for that that I can then take and, and purchase something that will bring me joy, will bring me pleasure, will bring me happiness, um, and you're asking me now to just give that up. Whoa. It's a hard one. That's where the rubber meets the road. Right. You have to have a great amount of faith to be able to do that. Right. And even the numbers. Well, do I have to pay 10%? Is that what I have to pay? Well, the word, the word tithe um, means a tenth of a whole. And so, uh, uh, yeah, and, and I understand that, that uh, the, there's an argument that I hear a lot of times about, you know, that's Old Testament and that's not for us and that's partially true it is old it was an old testament practice that god gave to to israel um but you know jesus even endorsed tithing in matthew 23 verse 23 when he was talking to the pharisees about their tithing practices he said these things ought you to have done and so he didn't condemn them for tithing or or say that they shouldn't he said you ought to have done those things those those are things you should do um but even though we have moved now from, from Aaron and the Levites and the tabernacle to the New Testament church, the aspects of those two things are still the, still the same. So you have um, people that need to be taken care of. You have facilities that need to be upkept. And, uh, 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 and so one way that we, we do that, people say, well, what, why do I need to give money to the church? Well, because the preacher doesn't have enough money to keep the lights on. That's right. 
we, we um, there's building payments that need to be made um, if you have building payments uh, God blessed us in 2020 in the midst of COVID um, we were able to, to pay our building off and so that was uh, truly a blessing but uh, you said where does my money go when I when I give in the offering plate and it, it goes to um, it goes to pay the light bill it goes to pay the building payments it goes to help the little old lady who calls and needs help with her light bill or uh, uh, you know the that that family that is is hurting and having a hard time that needs some groceries you know that uh, that individual that's going to a doctor's appointment needs some gas put in their car that's that's where that money goes I think a lot of people assume that that money goes directly to the preacher's pocket that the preachers getting wealthy right off that money right and I think it's fair to say that in some cases it's probably true yeah and that's why um, you know that's where it comes down to uh, again that uh, why people have such a hard time with this subject because they see that happening right and uh, and it's sad that that it does happen it shouldn't happen and uh, if the church is organized the way that it that it needs to be and has the accountability that sh it should have within its organization um, then then that shouldn't be able to be a thing right but it does happen, and again, those those individuals are out there, giving giving the rest of us uh, a, a bad rap. That's right. That's right. So, uh, to touch on that as well, any church that I've ever participated with that was doing things correctly, they're transparent. They're transparent about their budget, their funds, their incoming funds, outgoing funds, salaries, everything. It's there for anybody to ask about, look at, take a part of. So there's no question about anything because that's the last thing you want hanging over something that that feels uh, inappropriate or, or misappropriated. Sure. Um, people that hide stuff, that's where you got to start asking questions and whatnot. All right. So finally, <clears throat> let's say theoretically, <laughs> I'm listening to somebody on TV or the radio or going to a service somewhere and this individual the the pastor it's going to be kind of a two-part okay. question here hit me with it all right so first off the pastor is wealthy is that wrong secondly this pastor or any other pastor is telling me that it is mine for the taking that i can be a wealthy person and i should be a wealthy person and all i have to do is believe enough <laughs> Oh man, we could go on and on. We're, for we're a digging today, buddy. Things. So, um, the so to to answer your first part, first number one. Okay, it, it's not wrong for anybody to have wealth. As a matter of fact, if you look at uh, many of the Old Testament saints, they were people that were blessed and had physical wealth. Um, uh, you know, uh, Job was one of the richest men in the East. Now he suffered and was was uh, went through some things and lost all of it at one point in his life. But then God blessed him with a double portion of what he he lost before. It's not wrong to have things. It's wrong to allow things to have us. That's right. And so to to look at uh, you know a, a preacher and say, well, he's he's got some wealth, you know, and and I don't I don't think that's right. 
Well, you, you don't know, number one, you don't know what he has done to gain that. Maybe he gained that personally outside of, you know, receiving any kind of funds from, from a ministry or a church. Um, and those are not, uh, you know, that's, that's not bad. We believe in a free economy and we believe in commerce. And if you can make some money at selling a product or a service, then, hey, more power to you, right? Um, if uh, you, you don't know that the church has not uh, come to an agreement to give a certain portion to their minister that allows him to live a certain lifestyle, that, that is an individual church decision. And so it's hard for me to come along and say, well, he shouldn't have that because I don't know what, what was agreed upon right. and what was, what was established as that man's salary. Or, um, I, I do know that uh, a, a church should be taking care of the man of God. They should be providing for him to the best of their ability. And, uh, and, and that, 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 that minister, that pastor... Um, should be a, a man who is worthy of that that gift that is being being given. Um, so to to say, you know, I see a pastor and he's he's wealthy, so he must that must be wrong, or I don't I don't feel like that's right. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I would say that if if anyone listening, if you have the ability to go out and make means for yourself, then by all means do so. God is not against you having things. God is against things having you. When the pursuit of things takes place um, of our pursuit of God and, and we are out of whack in our relationship and fellowship with him, then things are a problem. Right. Then wealth is a problem. Um, but if the more wealth that you have, the more you're able to give, the more you're able to support missions, the more you're able to uh, you know, feed the hungry and do those types of things, then, then God would not be against that at all. I agree with that. And that's one of the things that I... You know, relay to people quite often. You know, I hear people say, "Oh, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable where I'm at." Well, comfortable is not is not an area of production. That's not an area of thinking outside the box. But if you are out and you're doing something, you're doing something meaningful. That's that is a income producer and that produces wealth. The things that you can do without the help of others, and I don't mean without the help of God, but without using a bank or without using investors to go out and do some really great things in this world to support an orphanage or to support a community or sure. somebody that's in need. And you can just send that check anonymously or do whatever. You don't have to ask permission or, or seek anybody's help on that. That's where real change is made. And that's pretty, pretty phenomenal. All right. So part two of the question. Part two of the question. Um, give it to me again. <laughs> said preacher, said pastor, said evangelist, whatever he may be or she, um, says that I should be wealthy as well and that if I believe hard enough that I will accumulate the wealth that I'm seeking or wanting. Okay, so I, I hear this often and, and I, I have ex seen it, right? Um, and it's usually followed by the words, if you will just sow a seed into our ministry of a hundred, a thousand, whatever, you know, there's always an amount, um, then, then God is going to just bless you. And I want to say to that, God has promised to bless obedience. So, so God wants you to, 
tithe and give to your local church. And if you do that, he said, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Um, and God has, but God never promised that we would be wealthy with the material possessions of this world. You know, God's blessings are not always measured in money. That's right. And uh, you, you need to be aware of any any pastor, evangelist, minister um, that makes a promise like that um, because it's not God's will for, for everybody to be rich. If it were, then everybody would be rich. And so uh, certainly um, if there is a, a ministry outside of your local church that you want to give to, um, then, uh, you know, give to your church. The tithe should go to your local church. You should give an offering over and above that um, to aid in missions or to give to any special um, event, fundraiser, whatever, in your local community, your local church. If there's a ministry outside of that that you want to give to and support, before I sent any money at all, I would go to my pastor Say, hey, preacher, I'm, I'm giving, I'm tithing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do with my money. Um, we, we have an abundance, and we'd like to, to give. What do you think about this ministry? What do you think about this, this preacher? And allow um, that, that local shepherd, your pastor, to give you some, some insight and some guidance on that. I think that's very good advice. So, <clears throat> finally... What do you see or what have you seen in your time as a pastor that has been one of the biggest sticking points for people coming to church besides what we've mentioned previously? What's a common excuse that you hear, a common um, mindset that has prevented people from joining? Well, I've seen a lot of, I mean, I've, I've heard every excuse under the sun, including I've got a quart of milk in the refrigerator. So okay. what does that have to do with anything? Nothing at all, but one excuse is good as another, right? If you don't, if you don't want to do something. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I hear a lot from people who have been hurt in a church setting by individuals or by leadership um, that has, uh, whether it was real or perceived, there was an injustice that was done somewhere they got their feelings hurt. Um, they weren't given enough. Um, I want to say they weren't given enough attention. I don't want to want that to sound like you know they were an attention hungry person, but um, you know they they felt neglected within the church, right? Um, and uh, so so church hurt is a big thing that I encounter uh, when talking to people about uh, about going to church. Um, that's always been a, a, a big uh, sticking point. A lot of things, a, a lot of what we deal with uh, here at, at our ministry is um, being a small church. Mm -hmm. um, most, most people I talk to, they, well, what do you have for the kids? Do you have this class? Do you have that class? Do you have this group? And I would love to have all of those things, but it takes... It's a catch-22. It takes people to right. run those things right. and to organize those things and uh, until you get there, you know, so. Uh, and let me stop you right there. That's something I can probably chime in on just a little bit is 
most people have no idea what the pastor does in a week week's time. So in this case, I'll just speak with about you. You've got a full-time job, right? Mm. You've got a, um, um, a wife that's medically dependent upon you to take care of her. You got some kids. You come up here. You do you do the pastoral thing Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, Sunday mornings, plus whatever in between, right? Um, you have to be the sole person responsible for everybody. Now we have somebody that that does volunteer to come in and clean. We have somebody that that takes care of our yard for us that uh, you, that the church right. pays for. But outside of that, it's you. You have to do the finances. You have to do pay the bills. You have to make sure everything. That breaks down is working, or you call me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but by the way, we've got to talk about some things no, around here. I'm busy. Um, <laughs> you have to wear a lot of hats, and there's not a whole lot of people to support that. And I think a lot of people take for granted what you do and what your week looks like because they have no comprehension of how much you're getting pulled into things. You got people asking for for, for um, food. You got people asking for for medication help, for bills that, that you mentioned earlier that you, you, the church pays for and does some things. Um, you've got funerals that come up that people just pop up and ask you to come sure. do a funeral or a wedding. Weddings. Yeah, weddings are the biggest thing. Everybody wants a last-minute wedding. Right, and it's right. like and, <laughs> and half the time you probably aren't even paid for that stuff, and you just show up and do it because you're a kind guy. But the amount of stress because you're worried about everybody it's your family, right? Yeah. You're, you're watching about everybody. You're, you're praying about everybody. Right. And a lot of people do not understand how much it just, it, it takes a lot. I don't think the average person would ever want to do this job. And I want to, I want to piggyback on that and say that, that that never really changes, and it doesn't matter what level you're at. So it doesn't matter if you're just starting out or if you've been doing it for 30 years and you have a large group of individuals under you to help with that. The pastor is always going to be under a lot of stress and wear a lot of hats and be responsible to accomplish a lot of things. So that's one of those things that's just kind of always is, which is another reason why it's so important for a church to care for their pastor um, both in, in prayer and emotionally, but also financially, you know, to, and again, that's kind of what we're talking about, right. you know, and, uh, our church does a, a great job of that. And I appreciate right. that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's important for folks to be involved, right? You know, churches like ours, uh, small churches are suffering because there's just not enough people. There's too many people sitting at home going, well, I don't need church to have a relationship with God. I like to ask them, well, how much Bible have you read by yourself? Right. How much prayer have you had by yourself? How many missionaries do you support? How right. many how many hungry people did you feed this week? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in, even further than that, it's you can, I guess, build a relationship with people social media through social media. I mean, our right. our business depends upon it, but when you don't meet with people or you don't meet with people that you don't really know that well and you don't learn about needs you don't learn about you know the struggles that somebody's going through that you may have experience in that you may be able to assist in some manner or way that's the that's the social element part of it that we've gotten away from and it's not just church it's it's lots of things there's there's a ton of things that we are socially uh separated from these days right and unfortunately i think it's to our demise we 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 are missing a fundamental component of how to 
be a human and take care of people, and that comes in face-to-face contact. So my daughter made a comment about this the other day. She went to uh, the state band competition to watch our local high school band uh, compete at the Alamo Dome, and she made this comment uh, to me. She said, "She said, Dad, people don't talk." I said, "What do you mean?" <laughs> she said there was this this group of people that were trying to get by where she was standing, and she said, Dad, I just stood there because they just walked up and looked at me, and I don't know what you want. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. You just expect me to read your mind and know that you need me to get out of your way, and besides that, how rude. <laughs> you know. She said, I was going to stand there until they asked me to move, and, uh, and they eventually did, but that goes back to... Um, you know, we as as a society, we've gotten so far away from what we should be. People don't know their neighbors anymore. Right. People don't interact with people unless it's on social media. Right. Um, you know, we live in a small town where we kind of know. I, I mean, I pretty much know all the cashiers at HEB and at the gas <laughs> station. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people in town know me. So everywhere I go, I'm seeing four or five, six people that I that I know. Um, but you know, the, you, you said something a moment ago that I wanted to touch on. It's not about a following. Jesus is not looking for a following. Jesus is looking for a personal relationship with us, right? Uh, personal fellowship with us. And those things can be fostered within the church. So we come together and our goal is to, to love one another, to help one another, to learn about one another, to, to be engaged in each other's lives. You know, uh, Jesus had a large following in the Bible. There were thousands of people that followed him during his earthly ministry. When it came down to it, there were only a few who actually stuck with him through the hard times knew what his his daily routine was like, knew what he was facing, knew how he felt, learned from him, and had that personal relationship and fellowship that was developed um, through that. And that's what church does for us. It helps us to develop those things right? so that it's not simply... I, I mean, you know, when we go um, door-to-door and we're, we're sharing the gospel and we're talking to people, I get a lot of, well, I go to this church, I go to that church, I, I read my Bible, I, I you know, I, I can have a relationship right. with God all by myself. Whatever to get you out that front porch. Yeah, um, and, and so it's evident to me that, that God has a large following, but he doesn't have a, a large fellowship right. and a relationship, um, which, and those things are fostered in, in a church setting. With other people who are seeking to be true disciples. That is true. Well, if you uh, find yourself in Burnett, Texas, and you're looking for a church and a pastor that certainly cares about you and what you got going on in life, please consider coming by Main Street Baptist Church. It's uh, here at 401 North Main. And uh, you could say you know Jerry. He's here. You've met him. And he would be happy to... Uh, to uh, meet you in person. So Absolutely. We'd love to have you come by. What do we got coming up? Uh, November 20th is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We'll be having our Thanksgiving dinner here at the church. And so that uh, historically has kind of been one of our big events of the year. And we will provide the ham and turkey. And we're looking to uh, everybody else to 
bring the sides, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, all that good jazz, and we'll just have some time of fellowship and enjoy one another, be thankful for the things that God has done for us in our lives. And uh, so I'm looking forward to, to that. And uh, then we kick off the, the Christmas season, no, uh, November the 27th. We'll be taking up our special offering to help uh, needy families for Christmas. And what we do as a church is um, we take uh, this special offering and, and other donations that come this time of year. Pretty big deal. To, uh, to reach out to uh, families that are in need, families that are uh, having a hard time, and we provide them with all the groceries necessary to make a traditional Christmas dinner. Plus. And then we find out about kids in the home. We make sure all the kids in the home have uh, Christmas gifts. And we do that just to share the love of God with folks. I remember as a, as a young man before I was saved and, and involved in, in, in serving the Lord, um, there were many years where the local churches made sure that we had a, a Christmas, and I always remembered that, and I always wanted to make sure our church was one of those churches um, to do that. You guys do uh, a pretty good job of that, because we've helped you participate in that for the last few years, and it's, it's, uh, it's been a great turn. You know, for being such a small church— this church produces, so it makes it gets some stuff out there. Yeah, and uh, like I said, we just want to share the love of God and and uh, open up some doors to let people know that hey, we're here, we love you, we want to. I mean, we want to help people all year long, not just at Christmas time. Right. Uh, but if it takes a Christmas dinner and some Christmas gifts to let folks know that hey, we we truly care and want you to be a part of our family here at the church, um, then we don't we don't mind doing that. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, hopefully, this is a little bit more uh, in, in a different direction than what we we normally go on our our talks and whatnot. But hopefully, it was something educational, something you got something out of. Um, if you have any questions, send us a comment. Send something. Send us the email. Jerry J. Rob covered all at gmail dot com, and uh, Jerry would be happy to respond to that. Not me. Maybe me. We'll see. Yeah, I'll res- I'll respond. It may take me a few days. Yeah, that's all right. We'll get to it though. So uh, if you've got a great story, we're always asking for these. If you've got a great story, we'd love to have you on the show. I'd like to hear about what you uh, have accomplished, what you've overcome to achieve what you have in life. And um, also just send us a note on that. We, we want to hear about it. would like to interview you, maybe talk to you about it. But outside of that, Thanksgiving is coming up. You guys have a great week. And let us know if we can be of assistance to you. <laughs>